Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to episode 36 of Real Travels. I'm your host, Lisa Iannucci, and I am your film and TV travel guide. This week, we're going to take a detour and talk about something that I've been doing a lot of lately. When I tell people about it, they are asking me for advice. Today, we're going to talk about downsizing your home to fund your travels. Can it be done? Let's get started. everyone. Well, it's a heat wave in New York and I'm staying inside today and keeping nice and cool. All right, let's be serious. Except for groceries and a doctor's appointment here and there, I stay inside anyway, so today isn't much different. (laughs) What have you been up to? Hopefully you're healthy and safe and me. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm still downsizing and I'll get more into that later. I'm also revamping pretty much everything. As I've mentioned this before too, but I wanted to tell you a little bit more. This podcast is isn't going to just be about travels related to film and travel anymore or tell film and television anymore. It will also like today be about making your travel dreams come true. It will include health tips, saving money while traveling, packing tips, new product info, RV travel info, etc. My goal is to talk to you, uh, the person who loves to travel and see film and TV locations, museums, etc., but also to prepare you and bring you vital information you need to know on how to do it safely and effectively. Now, um, I mean, I'm not going to lose sight of what this podcast is about, but I'm just expanding the topics that I can bring to you. My name online is The Virgin Traveler, and if you didn't know, that was because I always wanted to travel when I was younger, did some traveling throughout my life, but not enough. So once I get back on the road again, I realized how much I needed to learn. I know there are a lot of people in the same boat. So now with the quarantine, there are going to be even more people who couldn't travel before. And now they're kind of aching to get out of the house and start. So I'm helping by bringing expert interviews and tips and my own experiences to help the new traveler get out and experience what they want to experience. So that's what's going to be happening down the road. What's happening now? Well, obviously, I'm still watching more television and movies and I have a few recommendations for you for this week I actually watched the kid with Charlie Chaplin so when I was in school I went to college at the New York Institute of Technology in New York City and I studied film and television that was about a million years ago and back then I loved anything that was silent film I thought it was so cool loved Charlie Chaplin But believe it or not, with all the studying we did on him and his career, I never saw one of his most famous movies, which is called The Kid. It's only about an hour. It's a silent film, and he plays the tramp who finds an orphaned baby and raises him. But, of course, the whole plot line can't be that easy. 
So it there are spots where it's funny. I actually teared up. I thought for what Charlie Chaplin had to work with back in the 1920s, the movie was really, really well done. The storytelling was fantastic. You you knew what was happening. You didn't even need the dialogue. You just you knew what was happening. So I, I loved it. And what was even cooler about it, if you know old movies and television, is that Jackie Coogan played the the baby that Charlie Chaplin uh, takes, but then grows into this older kid and Jackie Coogan plays the older kid. And he was fantastic. And if the name sounds familiar to you, it's because Jackie Coogan's most famous role was Uncle Fester on the original television show, Adam's Family. So definitely recommend that. You can see the whole thing on YouTube. And I don't know if you know this, but there is a Chaplin's World in Switzerland. Definitely putting it on my list. I want to check it out. So you can check out chaplinsworld.com. They are open. Masks are required if you're in the area, but they are open. And I can't wait to go and see them. I've also been wa- I also watched An American in Paris. Now, I didn't get a chance to finish it. Um, had a technical glitch on my television. But Gene Kelly was in that, and Gene Kelly did more than Singing in the Rain, if you didn't know. But Gene Kelly is one of my all-time favorite actors and and dancers. But again, I never saw An American in Paris. I I probably could hear so many people listening to this podcast going, how can you be such a movie and television buff and not have seen (laughs) The Kid and American in Paris? Well, you know, sometimes life takes you in different directions and you watch other things or see other things or never have a chance to watch them. And I did watch it. I really enjoyed it. Um, Singing in the Rain to me still ranks over an American in Paris. But American in Paris was on Hulu, I believe, um, and I had a chance to watch that. Um, Now, here's another one. Top Hat. That was with Fred Astaire. Now, not that I needed to do this, but when I was growing up, you were either in the camp of Fred Astaire or Gene Kelly. And for some reason, you never said that you liked both of them. I obviously chose Gene Kelly, and I never really gave Fred Astaire a chance. I saw him in different things here and there, but nothing where I sat down and made an attempt to watch. So when I saw that Top Hat was playing again on Hulu, I decided I finally had the chance to watch Fred and Ginger. Now, Ginger, you know, obviously his dancing partner. And the movie, it was a simple, cute rom-com musical. And young Fred Astaire, to me, was adorable. And I would absolutely watch something else of his again. Um, So those are some of the movies. I've also been watching Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. I've watched it three times so far, which should not surprise anybody who knows me. But I also did see an in-person on Broadway. Now, some people love Hamilton, some hate it. There's discussion about the, the content based on what's going on in the world right now. I am not here to talk you into watching anything. I'm just giving you my recommendations, and you can then do with them what you want. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And each time I watch it, I'm picking up more and more things that I didn't understand or didn't learn before. And I love that. So now there are two other shows I'm going to mention before I get into the main part of the show today. And that they are both on Disney+. Plus. First, there's Pixar in real life, which is just so much fun. And basically the concept is you take Pixar movie and 
and put it into real life scenarios. So imagine a Toy Story scenario popping up in the middle of Times Square in New York City. Um, I'm not going to give anything away beyond that, but the Wally and Toy Story episodes were my fave. I hope they do more of these. I thought it was hilarious, um, and I watched all of them. And there's only like five or six, and they only last about maybe five, ten minutes a piece. So definitely worth your time to watch. Another thing, if you're a film and TV buff, that's definitely worth your time to watch is a show called Props. And basically, you're going to learn about what happened to some of your favorite props from some of the most iconic movies around. So they have a Mary Poppins episode, for example, and you'll actually get to see one of the characters from Mary Poppins, now an adult, um, and see the props that she has and see a surprise when she's given a prop that she hasn't seen in a very, very long time. I love behind-the-scenes things like this, and I love props. Again, I hope they do more. So there's no interview today. It's just me sharing some information with you, so I hope you'll stick around. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I've just heard too many times people say, I just downsized my home, sold everything, and traveled the world. But downsizing is a process, and it's hard to know where to start. And a lot of people that know that I'm doing this say, I don't even know where, where to begin. What do I start with? How do, where do I go? And when you're done with it all, can you really pay for your travels with what you sold when you downsized? I'll answer that one quickly now and more in detail later. It depends. So here are some of the things I want to talk to you about, about downsizing, and hopefully they help you. Number one. First, the most important thing is to have a plan. My plan is to sell my home, move into a smaller apartment, and buy an RV. Maybe your plan is to stay where you're living, but you don't want so much stuff, and you want to use that money to travel. Maybe your plan is like my plan. Maybe your plan doesn't look anything like this. You figure out what your plan is so you know what you're doing with your stuff. Some people have actually just put their stuff into storage, gotten rid of their apartment, bought an RV, or just went and started traveling and figured they would land and figure it all out when they got back. Keeping in mind, this was all pre-quarantine, new travel laws kind of thinking, but you still need to know where you want to be in order to know what you're going to do. So figure that out first. Number two, now it's time to downsize. Start one box drawer drawer or closet at a time i have a moderate sized raised ranch home that was stuffed with things from my three children my mother who lived with me for a decade my stuff and my stuff from my significant other i will be completely honest that at times i cried because i never once thought i would get through all of these things and get rid of them So my youngest daughter, Samantha, once said to me when she saw that it was all getting to me, Mom, just take one drawer or closet or box at a time. So I started doing that. Eventually, one becomes three, which becomes ten, which becomes done. So on that note, what do you do do with all the stuff? So number three, every single thing you look at, you should decide if you're going to do one of three things. Keep it. Donate it. Or toss it. Now here's another thing with goals. My goal was to toss as little as possible. I didn't want to contribute to all the trash that's out there. 
So I said, if I, if I have to throw it away, maybe I could give it away for free. And there's really only been very few things that I've put in the garbage. And remember, one person's trash is another's treasure. So I was, give, I was able to give away a lot of things I couldn't sell. Number four. Now, maybe this isn't you, but I realized during my downsizing that I really want a minimalist lifestyle. Not extreme minimalist, but I just don't need a lot of these things anymore. I kept what's important to me, and I decided it by thinking, if it's not sentimental or useful, it's gone. You might not think that way, but that's how I think. So that's how I was able to reduce a lot of what I have if it didn't fit into those two categories. And then, of course, my oldest daughter, in a joking manner, once said to me, Mom, I don't want to deal with all this stuff after you die. All right, maybe she wasn't joking completely, but I actually took her to heart because I thought, why would I want to leave all of this stuff for my children to go through when I can go through it now? So, five. Once you go through every closet, every drawer, and every box, you can either sell, toss, or give away as you go along, or at the end when you're done going through everything. So number five is actually broken down a little bit. Where do you get rid of these things? I had most of my luck with Facebook Marketplace. It's easy to use. People can come and pick up stuff at your home. And if you're giving the stuff away, you could just put it on your porch, which is what I've been doing. And they typically, if you are selling, they don't haggle like they do at garage sales. Garage sales absolutely exhaust me now. Pulling out all that stuff, putting all that stuff back, staying out in the sun while it's 90 freaking degrees for you to get, what, 20 bucks? I have done, on a financial side, so much better with Facebook Marketplace. So it's much easier and it's less tiring. And remember, you can lump similar things together if they're too small to sell individually. For example, I had a lot of school supplies, so I just put them all in a bag and I actually gave them away for free to a young family that was struggling and just couldn't afford it. You can also sell on eBay. Just remember, you have to pay for your listings. On Craigslist, which you don't have to pay for your listings, but you just really have to be, you know, just safe. And you can use sites like Declutter for books and other media that you want to sell. I actually probably in the last year have sent 15 boxes to declutter and they pay me for what they bought okay so um, declutter is different you don't you actually make money selling things to declutter if they're what declutter wants and when you go to the website again it's pretty self-explanatory you either put in an isbn number or a upc number um and you sell them the extra books, rec not records, um, but c not cassettes, uh, DVDs, CDs that you have. Um, and if they're in the process of buying them, you can earn money. Granted, some of it could only be a penny or it could be a nickel or it could be $25. It all depends on what you're selling. But you're push putting them out of your home, you're getting rid of them, and you're earning a couple extra bucks. Think out of the box. That's number six when it comes to these things too. Because when I was going through the downsizing, I came across some really unique things that I had to try to sell or get rid of that I didn't want to keep and I didn't know what to do with. So I had to really think, okay, where can this find a new home? So I'm going to give you an example. My late husband had a huge oar, like a boating oar, 
that was painted with the names of his fraternity brothers. What do I do with something like that? It's really too big for me to bring to a small apartment. My kids took what they wanted from their dad's memorabilia, but they didn't want that. So after thinking about it, I contacted the alumni that he belonged to who sent out an email on my behalf to the fraternity brothers and one of them actually got back in touch with me because he collects for the fraternity's memorabilia. He was more than happy to keep the ore and some of the other fraternity stuff that I have and I didn't have to toss it and it went to a good cause. So another example is, what do you do with old trophies? I, had old, I have a huge box of old trophies. The kids, again, kept what they wanted to keep. They're like, Mom, we don't need 50 million trophies. And my daughter actually did a little bit of research and found a company that on your dime, though, you have to send them the trophies. They don't pay you for them, but they melt them down. They use them to make other trophies for maybe nonprofits that can't afford to make their own trophies. So some of these things take time to figure out where can you send them to? Where can they find a new home? But you'll get through it. Just not everything has to go into the garbage. I'm also going to recommend Deb Colometta's book, Best Offer, Best Life, Deb's Quick Start Guide to Creating Wealth Through Online Yard Sales, and online yard sales meaning like Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. She has a lot of really great tips in there. I've interviewed her before, and she goes into this a lot deeper than I will, but it's a great start. Okay, so now that I said all of this, can you downsize and live your travel dreams on the money you made from downsizing? I'll repeat, it depends. It depends if you're selling big ticket items like an ATV or diamond jewelry or an extra car you had. Maybe then. But if you're selling little things like notebooks or extra copies of books that don't really have a lot of monetary value unless it's like a first edition of a very famous book, you might not earn that much. Most of us have a combination of higher value and just some sentimental value things. So you can probably earn a good amount that might pay for some hotel rooms, maybe one trip or so, depending on what you're selling. But unless you're selling a huge house or have a large bank account, the reality is that you probably can't fund every trip you've ever wanted to take just from downsizing your home. But that's okay. You'll have less things to worry about, less things to take care of, and at least some spending money for whenever your next trip is going to be and wherever it is. So use the time now to start downsizing and putting aside that money aside for future trips. If you're still quarantined, it's a great time to start. And even if you're not, it will take time. Just as an FYI, I started last May. That's May 2019. I decided I'm going to start when my daughter graduated college. I did little things beforehand, but I really jumped in, did the whole process as soon as she graduated. It's now July 2020. And because of other things getting in the way, it was kind of in fits and starts. I am still going and I am almost done. But it takes a really long time to go through 20 years of things. And it's tiring and it's exhausting. And you can't always find a home. And some days you just stop because it can get emotional. But here I am, the house is up for sale, and I'll use some of those proceeds when the time comes to fund some of my travels when we can get back on the road again. 
In the meantime, I really enjoy the fact that so much of my stuff has found new homes and I actually took some of that money to pay down some debt so that when I get closer to my goal of being debt-free once I sell, it's even better. So I wish you all the best in your own downsizing adventures. So that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Travels podcast. and Follow me on Instagram at The Virgin Traveler. If you have a minute, maybe leave me a review on this podcast or share it. You can also click on the little iTunes stars. Five would be great, but whatever you'd love to give would be wonderful. It would really help me out. In the meantime, I'll be back with more of other traveler stories, more interviews with celebrity guests, and more great information for when you do finally get a chance to get on the road. In the meantime, thanks again. I'll see you next week. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.